Hello, this is Mary. And this is Chandler. And you're listening to The Miss Fisher Files. Welcome back to The Miss Fisher Files. Today we are talking Season 3, Episode 2, Murder and the Maiden. Can we just talk about the cold open for a second? Sure. So, our dead heroine here, or about to be dead heroine, she does that thing that drives me crazy in all murdery plots, where she's running, and then she comes to a chain link fence, and then she like clutches the fence like, oh damn, there's a fence here. Except she's been running across a big open field. You can't see the fence coming. You can't be like, oh, (laughs) there's a fence over there, so I'm going to run this way where there's no fence. But it, I, I can't handle this. <laughs> I interpreted it as there may be help there. Like she's going, she's aiming for civilization. But she can see there's a damn fence there. And as we find out later, she's well versed in this base. So she already knows where the fence is. Yeah. But she's also like mid dying. I mean, she is in the process of dying. It's true. What I still don't understand is who the hell is she running from in the first place? That is, yes. If it's been taking her several days to die, right? who's chasing her? Well, he says that she just, I think she just starts freaking out because she realizes that she's not able to breathe. And, like, and then, oh God, there's a chain link fence here that I've been <laughs> able to see coming for a hundred yards. I don't know about you, but if I were dying of the ri- ricin or nicin or whatever ricin. it is, ricin, yeah, I probably would not be thinking... Very You'd clutch that fence too. I might. I, like, it just knows? every time I see a chain link fence now, I just want to be like, let's clutch it. That's really look funny. Distressed. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm an idiot. I just... <laughs> well, this one, um, I've only watched this one a few times. I think, I think I've seen it twice. twice. Ever. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it more than twice, but not by much because it features so heavily Jealous Jack. Who I and mean, sheepish Phryne, which is like, she's yeah. like, oh, we were just reminiscing. Yeah, she's and I'm like, apologetic. what? Why are you apologetic? Like, go yeah. screw the guy with the ugly mustache. <laughs> Can we just talk about that? I, with the exception of Jack and Mr. Lean, mm-hmm. I gotta say, I question her taste in men. She is into all kinds really? of unattractive butt chins, bad <laughs> mustaches, okay, shrapnel wounds. Sasha's beautiful. Even with the butt chin. No, He's the butt beautiful. chin ruins any beauty there ever oh, was. Oh, I disagree. I can't even get behind Cary Grant, for God's sake. Uh, butt, chain, butt chin is a deal breaker for me. Wow. I okay. can't do it. All right. I now can't I know, do it. Yeah. But... And Sasha has like the buddiest butt chin <laughs> that ever chinned. Yes, beautiful. <sighs> no, they're actually... Oh, the tango instructor is okay. I'm okay with the tango right. instructor. Yeah, no. He's a little old for my taste, but... I'm I'm a little younger than Franny, so okay. Yeah, Peter the Anarchist. Nope. No. Nope. There are a few that I was like, mm, no, nope. too whiny. But well, and I remember that seduction scene was when he like snuck into her bedroom. Yeah, and I wanted her to like, yeah, I wanted a comeuppance. I did not want yeah. him to be like rewarded for this behavior. Yeah, yeah. No, that one bugged me for other other reasons, totally separate from looks. But anyway. No, Compton, I think he is a very good-looking man. I have no issue with this whatsoever. Sort of, you know, there was one shot when I was like, maybe. He kind of reminds me of Carrie Elwes, slightly gone to seed. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Carrie Elwes is hotter. Like, time has been very kind to that man. <laughs> he has not aged at all. And he can even pull off a stupid mustache. Wow. Like, he's one of the few forgivable mustache people I've seen. Forgivable <laughs> mustache people. <laughs> yeah, she's... Franny's a little more apologetic in this one than I would like. Um, I I have to say, so I have not watched this one too many times, but doing a rewatch made me appreciate it more. It resonated with me more than it had when I first watched it three-ish years ago. God, has it been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. Yeah. And, and I have to... So my life has changed enough in three years that I sort of appreciate the, the general theme of this episode, which... I feel like our cultural zeitgeist has caught up with it a bit too, like mm. where we are with like gender issues and. Well, yeah, I, I think that's terrorism true. plots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think there. I'm seeing a lot more uh, 
movies and TV that get so much closer to the Miss Fisher mark than I'd ever seen before. Mm. So that makes me happy. I think, I mean, Miss Fisher's still like way up there in, yeah. my, in my standards. But you feel like, like culture is catching up? Uh, yes. I've um, been really cranky about culture lately. So I've been... Some cult, not, I've not been mainstream. Like Oh, sure. It, I feel like, yeah. Some of it's getting pretty close. There I've been still, on like a very forced, strict culture diet right. lately. Part yes. of it's to get stuff done, but also because I kind of... I don't know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, I kind of don't want any part of it if I, if I don't yeah. have to. So I've been kind of staying away from even stuff that people recommend to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to yeah, I get either that. save that for later or maybe maybe not get around to it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I don't, I don't have as good a grasp on what is going on. I don't know that I do either. That's just sort of my general feels. Like Your feels? A non-scientific general feels my whole life is all about non-scientific general anecdata so yeah, yeah i'm all for that, that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um well i guess what i like about this one so the series does a really good job of showing the options that women had in the 20s or the lengths that they had to go through yeah. to like just survive but we this one takes us beyond survival and it's actually showing what women are doing to make sure that they have something they love in their lives. Yeah, and breaking the rules to get yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Like, Although it had to, it did make me laugh because women cross-dressing and nobody knowing about it is a thing in murder mysteries. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's happened in sure, reality. It, sure, it's but, happened. But the fact that everybody is shocked well, yes. is such a murder mystery thing. And in fact, like, my my husband loves listening to the audiobooks of the Brother Catfield mysteries. I know oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, there are two count them two books with this as a subplot. Wow. Okay. So, so they really hit this one hard. Now, granted, it takes place in the 12th century, so people are a little less prepared for it then. Right. You know, slightly less liberal times to be slightly. <laughs> slightly, but. It's like nobody. Everybody's shocked. No, <laughs> nobody could ever guess what that yeah. this, you know, really effeminate person with. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, there is no way that I would have thought she was a man. Just I, you see the picture, the black and white photo of uh, Virginia Forbes and James. I love again, once again, you actually Wait, remember no. Willis Jones. That's her boyfriend. Once again, no, you, no. you remember names. I don't remember. I write them down oh. so I can refer to them later. I, I don't even, remember. like, I try to write it down when I hear their name spoken, and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> oh, like, never mind. Mr. I'm not, it's, it's not worth <laughs> rewinding. I don't care. <laughs> no, as I go, like, now I'm really good about writing it down because I will not remember. Yeah. So now I can actually refer to the people that I mean, but, but the two of them in that photo, she's so clearly a woman. And so, yeah. I, yeah, it's really hard. It just, uh, to suspend disbelief that far is hard for me. But whatever. That's not the point. That's just a stupid yeah. casting. But it does, it, it did make for that, it did require there to be that, that nice little bon mot of a scene when Franny's trying to replicate it with the, oh, yeah. the bandage. And she's like, oh. Straight as a pin or whatever Straight it is. Straight celery, stock of celery stock, or Yeah, celery stock, yeah. And then I had to look up. And then she, Dot's like, except for, oh, well, then she. <laughs> and then Franny says something in French, and it's like a Beauvoir bandeau. Well, a bandeau is like, it's like a. Like a wrap. And there's a term for that that um, trans men wear them, and I can't think of what it's called. It's, it's uh, I. It's a. Well, she's referencing a specific... Binder. It's a binder. A binder, yeah. yeah. She's referencing something very specific. So I had to go, like, first I had to figure out what she like, said. Like, of course, the French invented yeah. it. Yeah. And she says it very French-like. So yeah. it was a little hard for my very American ears to, like, yeah. pick up on what that was. But, but if you think about 1920s fashion, I mean, cross-dressing aside, 1920s fashion really discouraged womanly curves. Oh, yeah. You know, everything had to be stick straight. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they had binders and bandos and everything else, yes. too. You know, because not everybody is born looking like Twiggy. Some Sadly. people are buxom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't say. You don't say. You don't all fit She says as she knocks over what? her drink with her boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which sadly. I have totally done. <laughs> Flapper, the flapper gear does not yeah. suit my body. No, I would be much more like Dot. Like it's just, it's not gonna, 
I, I would look like a potato in a flapper dress. Um, there's not a ton of costume stuff in this. There aren't a lot of costume changes. No, not until right at the end. But she does wear things that we haven't seen before. Right, and fabulous things. Yes. Like the I had to, lots of little drawings of like her hat with the little curly Q fuchsia <gasps> yes. feathers. And then that peony jacket and matching hat that she's wearing. The velvet one? Yeah, with the, the embroidered. Oh, there's that. But then at the end. Oh, yeah. She, it's like an embroidered massive peony on yes. the side of her head and then matching ones on her That jacket. is such a beautiful outfit. That, so she's wearing the kind of blue and black <laughs> yeah. brocade jacket. And it's the kind of thing where like as the light as she turns the light it's like it looks more purpley and more, yeah. more bluey more black so yeah it's gorgeous Lovely. but then yeah she's wearing that cloche it's like an aubergine cloche mm-hmm. with that amazing embroidered flower is it a peony i think it's a peony okay. it looks like a peony it's so gorgeous yeah i, I don't know that we see that one again I, yeah i can't i mean like yeah it's very possible it's that we lovely will, but, but yeah it is beautiful that outfit her hat game is on form it is. with this and at the beginning with that the one with those curly q feathers that is a lovely kind of straw it's like a beret but it's made of it's woven i think it's straw huh. i thought it was i thought it was felt at first but then you get a close-up of it and there's definitely a weave to it i'm like is that it's almost like it's panama straw or something huh i, I need to look at it again but it's so beautiful and subtle and like the hat itself is subtle, and then this like blah, this feather <laughs> thing. Yeah, I love um, the first outfit she's wearing, where she has like a gray camisole, and then and that coral velvet yes, flowy the business. Coat, yeah, and it's gorgeous. But it it carries on the friny dressing tradition of like wearing a solid color underneath, and then having like this very standout, bold, yeah, flowy. For, amazing coat on all top I could of think it. of was my god the ironing dot would have to do on that thing because it would get crushed you know so. she loves it she oh. loves it Man. dot was born to iron difficult oh, fabrics poor dot I think she likes it though I, I love that dot is like I need to spend some time on this to find the dressmaker's mark yes. but then it's right there it's okay, like yeah. right where it's the a, tag would be it's a really big tag so I was wondering <laughs> and where tags usually would, go right <laughs> I didn't rewind it and like pause it, but I was wondering, like, just giving her the benefit of the doubt, did she maybe have to rip apart a seam and it's tucked in there? I'm gonna, I've I'm never gonna heard that. of that. Okay, I'm gonna say that because otherwise that tag was real big and real obvious. That was like where Target clothes tags are, <laughs> like where the tag is. Maybe she thought, maybe maybe she thought it, like it would be more like a couture thing or something, and mm. it would be more like a subtle embroidered. But even I don't I can't think of an example where there's a clothing maker's mark that is hard to find because hmm. it's like a signature on a painting you know like yeah. you, you want people to know who did it right I don't know I, I don't know I thought I that do, just made me chuckle a bit yeah <laughs> I love the cut that they do so um, Franny gets that jacket from the Russian woman the coat check and yeah. she's like I need to oh get no it. I cannot give you coat because they will catch me <laughs> I, woe is me woe poor to Tatiana me. Oh. yeah I don't fully okay so there's some subplots in here that I'm like uh, but we do get to see kind of hot Bert in this one Bert is kind of hot Bert kind of yeah. hot Bert yeah I can see it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true I could see it more in this and one than poor Bert uh, yeah except I don't think... Bert's probably better off, I think. Yeah, and see, this is the theme. So we have, like, four different women in here who are set in one way or another. Like, they've made it from point A to point B. They're going to survive. They're going to have a job. They're going to be fine. Yeah. But, like, they are turning something down in order to find the true love of their life, whether it's, like, a person or an activity or something. A job or, yeah. So, I mean, Dot, and Dot's the perfect example because she is actually, like, she and Hugh are on the outs because he wanted She's, yeah. Oh, maybe you should focus on our wedding full-time. And she's like, maybe you could go F yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good scene. (laughs) Such a good scene. But she, yeah, so she's, like, willing to give up this relationship with Hugh because he is... In order to fly in an airplane. Right. She'd even fly in an airplane. I know, I know. Oh, which like, she does not Dot, want to do. you've come... I love that so much. so far. She's totally goading him at the beginning. Like, I'm going to go up in this plane. He's like, you wouldn't. 
You know, I would. I am totally that type. I am spiteful enough. Oh, I can see this about you. I, I do this to my poor husband all the time. Like if there's something that I, that he thinks is not a good idea for me to do, then I'm like, you just watch me, mister. And I get, t- I'm so bad. It's terrible. It's I not a good trait. can absolutely see this happening. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I mean, I certainly have my things too, where I'm like, oh really? Oh really? You don't think I can do that? You just stand there and watch. I yeah. am very much motivated by spite. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> But I love how much she is unwilling to give that up. Yeah. And she is actually willing to put this relationship on the line because she realizes, okay, so she marries him and they have kids and she has all the things with a capital But she's T. never going to get back right. what she has to give up. Exactly. She's not going to be truly happy you and can't. Fulfilled. It's At least in this world at this time, you can't really find an easy compromise between those two. Like, there aren't... There aren't a lot of mothers with kids who are also flying in planes and right. becoming hostages on purpose. And, <laughs> you know? Yes. Not the a lot goal. of hostage mommies. Yeah. Hostage mommies. <laughs> the, the goal is like, get married, have a family. Right. Be, you know? And like, especially, I mean, is... she's Catholic, so there's even oh, yeah. more pressure on her yep. from her religion to conform and right. do what's expected of her. So there's like zero importance placed on her fulfillment or happiness in right. life. And so right. that is what I love because this episode really focuses on that. And I think that that's something that's overlooked just not even just the 1920s, but now oh, too. T- like, oh my God. We don't pay attention to that, especially with women. Like, oh yeah. 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 So I really love that. And that resonated with me in a way that it did not before. You've, you've fulfilled your, what, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like right. you have shelter, you have food, you have an income, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're, I guess, allowed is not the right word, but it's like you have the luxury of the privilege of wanting more. Right. And that is very much a luxury and a privilege. Yeah. Absolutely. Women have not been able to historically take that for granted. And I, right. and I feel like, like I... Personally, like I, I can't, I can't bring myself to feel guilty about when I do want more, about wanting more. I don't, I, mm. I can't make myself feel guilty about that because, because women have gone for so long, whereas men, men don't even have to think about. Well, white men don't have to think about right. it, and they still don't. And they're, we're, they're, we're still in this place where white men are blithely making judgments that harm women like policy judgments, career judgments, whatever, that harm women. And women are like, hey, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And and they still don't have to think about it. So, right. yeah. So I th- this that part of that really touched a nerve for me, too. And I thought that was the best part of the episode. Like, Dot, yeah. Dot being like, oh, hell no. Dot is, she is the star of this show. Yeah. I love, and I love how they take us through the arguments and... And I really love the conversation at the end that she and Hugh have when they kind of mend things. Yeah, and Hugh Hugh comes to her. Yeah. She and, doesn't go to him. He comes to her. And he basically confesses, you are, you're beautiful and smart and brave and it terrifies me. And I'm me. scared to death. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to have to be brave to deal with that. And, and I that's called that. learning to manage your own feelings. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I love that because he's acknowledging he is going to have to give something like he's going to have to do some work here to come to terms with it. But he's do he's willing to do it because he loves her and he wants her to be happy. Right. And like, that is always the balance. And, and, and if you think about it, why else did he choose her? Mm -hmm. Exactly. He could have, if he, if he wanted the boring, you know, do gooder mouse gal, he could have had oodles to choose from, mm-hmm. but he he chose the the difficult one. He chose the one who's the sticky wicket. I think he got suckered. It was switch and bait. Bait. Wait, no. Bait and bait switch. Because <laughs> she was all cute and scared of the she phone. Was, she was very docile at the beginning, That's true. and then, and then she, she no her more. spine started to she's, develop. She's and, got a very nice but spine. But he like grudgingly admits it and admires it, and it takes something for him to do that like yeah he it it hurts him sometimes to confess like oh that was really smart of you and you really helped me yeah. out here but he does and so yeah. i think it's it's showing us that there is something in it for him too yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i mean it sort of reminds me did, did you i always forget did you ever watch sherlock mm-hmm. um 
did you see the controversial one where Watson's wife turns out to be to have this checkered past? Yes. Okay, so it reminded me of the scene in there where Watson is feeling very hard done by the fact that he, like, he feels betrayed and he's mm-hmm. like, why does this have to happen to me? Like, why you? I trusted you. Why, why are you like this? And she just looks at him and she says, it's what you like. You chose me. <laughs> Ooh. This is what you like. And whether you realize it or not, look at you. You hang out with a sociopath every day <laughs> and you picked a woman, like of all the women you could have picked, you picked the one who used to be a freaking assassin. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's your thing. It's what yeah. you like. You like being adjacent to dangerous people. Mm-hmm. And then it like that hits him like a ton of bricks. <laughs> yep. And I had never looked at it that way before. But even if even if it was latent before in Dot, I feel like there was some of that there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at least some of that was part of what attracted Hugh in the first place. Right. And so, yeah, he's got to come to terms with that. Uh-huh. And he, I like that he admits it. He's like... Okay, I have to be brave. And I love how he's a total idiot up until that oh, point. Like he, she I, walks into the police station and she's like, "Oh, it's it's from Perth. Look at Perth." And he's like, "Well, that doesn't that." She's like, "Or you could just you know continue searching the entire country." Yeah, he says he's such a jerk. I I say so many bad words to him during that. I know scene. me too. <laughs> Call him so many names. I know. Um, oh, I wrote um, so I wrote assertive dot yay, and <laughs> Hugh is being a twat. <laughs> yep. Yep, he really is. Yeah, and I also wrote in parentheses. So is Jack, kind of. Yes, he is, and I really don't like seeing Jack this way. Um, I think we're given pretty limited doses of it throughout the entire series, but this one, this is like full dose. It's. I think it's it's worse because Franny is also being like, "Oh, but wait, Jack, wait." Yeah, it is. Definitely. And that's just out of character for her. Right. Yeah, they're both doing things that are out of character in this one. He is breaking onto an airfield or like an Air Force base. Yeah. Real smart. Real smart. Like (laughs) where they have guns. And like, and then that you're in like federal property territory there. Like you, yeah. The skit. I mean, he knows the risks, and yet he's doing it anyway because he wants to prove that he can get to the bottom. I'm the big man. Yeah, drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I really don't like jealous Jack, and this one in particular is very bad and very hard for me to tolerate. But yeah, and Franny is not. I don't know. She's she's walking some territory that I find uncomfortable. But then again, like, that's life, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. She doesn't have to be perfect. No, she doesn't. But I guess I, I usually when she's caught out as not being perfect or getting literally caught with her pants down, <laughs> she's usually like, so what? Mm-hmm. I'm fabulous with my pants down. But this time she was like, oh, we were just we reminiscing. Were just reminiscing and I'm barefoot in an airman's yeah. coat. Like, come on. I know. Just that own one, it. It makes me a little sad, that line. And, yeah. But um, but I, I think she kind of bookends that whole idea of following your dreams. Well, and she says end. something like, I, I march to nobody's tune or something like that. Oh, yeah. She, I she's got that to one. no man's tune. Right. So, yeah, for any, I don't know, she's, there are a few spots that are hard for me in this episode. Yeah. Because I'm unused to seeing her that apologetic. Right. But, um, so, okay, so then the two side characters, Tatiana and then Virginia Forbes, who is the victim, they also both gave something up in order to be, like, truly happy. Right. I love the line that that Virginia Forbes' boyfriend, Willis Jones, the guy they interviewed. Oh, she really... I think she loved me, but she loved flying more. Yes. That line, yeah. Love that so much. I feel like that right there summed up this episode for me. And also, like, a surprising amount of self-awareness on the part of the dude. Yeah. Like, bravo. Right. I think she loved me, but... She loved yeah, like more. okay, I'll give you a cookie for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love that line. Yeah, that is a great line. Um, this is a little random, but there's a bit where they're trying to figure out who the suspect is, and he Jack finds these boots that are large um, for the you know the footprint, mm-hmm. and. Franny says, oh, a tall airman? That really narrows it down. And I'm like, wait a minute, no. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I what mean, you- so I 
I grew up in an Air Force family, and my dad was not a pilot, but we lived in places where there were a lot of pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, and it was always this running gag that the airmen were always these cocky, swaggery guys, and they're all like five foot four. That's like jockeys, right? That's well, kind of not, it's I mean, not it's not, not that extreme, right. but and I looked it up in the U.S. Air Force. Um, pilots must be between 64 and 77 inches tall. Now, 77 inches is fairly tall. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what? 70, that's six foot five. That's big. That's really tall. However, um, I did more digging, and it is true that while there, there can be tall airmen, they're not, they're not outlawed. Like, like, there can't be tall jockeys. Like, they'll mm-hmm. never let you be a jockey. Right. But, um, they won't outlaw tall airmen, but airmen do tend to be shorter because um, not just of cockpit cockpit height and you know equipment size and everything, but also apparently men who are around five six or slightly shorter uh, do better with the gravitational effects. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So huh. now I don't know how how extreme that would be in a biplane <laughs> versus right. a fighter jet, right, yeah. but. Huh. But still, there's you know there's air pressure, there's yeah. gravity. You know, if you do a loop to loop, you're going to have some G's. True. Um, That's really so apparently shorter men don't pass out mm-hmm. the way taller men do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's definitely a difference. So which would mean women would be pretty good. Yeah. Too right. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we should try. No, we won't no, try that. Let's no. not. Let's just find short guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's just stick with that. Yeah, and let them get into fights in bars because they're also damn insecure about being short <laughs> but also really sure of themselves because they're pilots right basically the plot of top gun <laughs> <laughs> val kilmer was awfully tall mm. to be a fighter pilot i must say okay it has been a while since i've watched that i have to admit yeah i just wrote about the top gun house actually in my really book. yeah because it's in oceanside california and it's still there oh and my it's gosh. like so it's like a film buff. It's kind of sad now. It's the only, like it used to be in a row of Victorians and it's the last house. Everything else has oh, been wow. torn down and it's in disrepair, but it's still there. <laughs> and the, the city saved it because people were like, don't tear it down. That's, that's, that's Kelly McGillis's house. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that tag, the, the dressmaker's tag. That was really hard to that find. That was really hard to find. Okay, but I love that Franny says, I need to bring in an expert. And then we cut to Dot examining this coat and she's the expert and i love this yeah i, I mean well yeah she's damn she well better expert, be the expert yeah. but and just, she was the expert when they when they did the you know when they were at the oh the scapula the um no the the custom the couture house oh right where she's like yeah that iron uh-uh. that's right yeah i mean she's always coming in and identifying things she's and like, she's like the expert witness she is an expert yeah but it's so rare to like label just a sidekick that, you know right. what I mean? Like instead really, of like orphan ward. Right? No, yeah, she's an expert. Yeah. She is an expert in her field and is very helpful right. as such. Right. Um, oh, and speaking of experts in the field, in the fields, I love that there's a little Mr. Butler bit in there where he's he's packing bullets into a picnic basket <laughs> and he's talking all about like where chemical weapons were manufactured. Right. Like the freaking Butler, Mr. <laughs> Just, Butler. I is know. there anything you do not know there, about Ward? And there is nothing I don't love about that man. Yeah, he's pretty great. <laughs> there wasn't much of him. I was like, here's your nice cookies, dear, and the bullets are in the side <laughs> compartment. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, that makes me really happy. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so the subplots, I don't entirely understand the whole thing with the union. And nor- yet again, commies. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not always part, like, the um, always the dour commies. Yeah, they do not have fun. They do apparently. not. They're we. These are some unsexy, unfun people. And <laughs> and I apologize to the good people of Russia, but man, can we have some more Italians or something? Like those I'm people don't have fun. That's next episode. That's true. That is a, yeah, I'm really I'm glad to get off Air Force Base, partly because there's nothing very interesting about the locale. To me, I no. love planes. I do love. There's a little R. I assume it's for RAAF, but the R has been mowed into the field, oh, and you yeah. get the aerial shot. And I'm like, yeah, grass typography. <laughs> <laughs> there is some really good little background design in this, though, like the like the signage, and there's like a um, like the old maps, and mm-hmm. the there's a there's a there's a diagram 
there's a visible diagram of the float plane that's oh. on, hanging on the window of the office oh. that I kept pausing and like trying to, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was good. Yeah. Some of that stuff I really do enjoy, but in general, it's just like a bunch of really boring buildings yeah so let's get back to melbourne please yeah and there's not there's not a ton of menswear in this either except for uniforms mm-hmm. although I, who doesn't love a white aviator scarf that is just that is just appealing yeah they're just classic it just looks good yeah mustache not so much but <laughs> um i kept thinking did you ever see the crown yeah so when we find out his rank is group captain that must be a british empire thing it's got to be yeah america doesn't have that but um all I could think of was Group Captain Townsend, Townsend and yes. his tragic failed affair with Princess Margaret and Spoiler. how they were both unhappy forever. And <laughs> she took up with that bastard afterward, <laughs> played by Matthew Good, who is so beautiful, but always plays a bastard. Mm. Always, always, always. So it mm. gives me the sense that, God, is he really an asshole in real life? Because <laughs> He's probably the nicest guy. I don't know. He's yeah, so... It's like comedians, you know, like... I get the sense that Bill Murray is a giant flaming twat and... I don't know. Matthew Good is so disdainful in like every role he ever plays. And I'm like, God, you're just one of those. Are you one of those like beautiful guys who looks down on everybody else? I don't know. I hope not. I can't. Jason Bateman. Oh, I'm so done with him. I'm after that whole. He's exactly the same as all of his characters. Like I think the actual man. Like he's supposed to be like the straight guy who's like nice, but it turns out he's a smarmy asshole under all of that. He's always kind of smarmy and arrogant and just did you read that interview that he did oh I read it and I listened I like, to it yeah and I, I was, just, I was, I was like, shopping at Target while I was listening and I was just like <gasps> I was livid I was like done with all of them after that I felt so I know I felt except really, for the gals right oh yeah I feel the same way about Jason Bateman nope I'm done super done with that guy Thank God we have Jack and we have Hugh and we have Bert and we have all of and Mr. Butler. <laughs> Thank God. What would we do? And that's why I don't like seeing jealous Jack. True. Because I, it's more, it just enters too, back into that world that yes. I am so done with. Exactly. And this is part of why I'm like, screw pop culture. Like I don't want anything yeah. to do with any of it. But we have to see him come to terms with things. So, and okay. he's had, it's through season three. Come on. He's had time. But, okay, so the end of this episode, the conversation that he and Franny have, I think is, like, the end cap to this idea of women pursuing their dreams because he's grousing about her past loves. Yeah, which is, like, boring. Right. And, And she's telling him, like, Compton actually saved my life. And he's saying, well, they're probably, you know, in all the lovers that just had. Like pro tip, <laughs> saving your life is hot. <laughs> just saying. Right. Yep. Right up there. Right up Like there. when you almost die. Not mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I don't know this firsthand. I haven't been in a lot of plane crashes in my life. But I would imagine that your adrenaline is running so high. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm alive because of you. Come here. Right. Yeah. Well, and she says, she has that great quote, you know what it's like when life is fleeting and you might die at any moment. And then Max says, I always I feel like that around you. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's adrenaline at play here and yeah. he saved her life and that was all great. So obviously things are going to happen. He plus he's a attractive man. Yeah. Oh, um, but please tell me there's fan fiction with like Mac and Franny. Yes, there is. That I, would, I would read that. Yes. Mac deserves her day. She, she has, yes. In fan fiction world, she has many days. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Do not worry. Good. Um, good to hear. But at the end, so yeah, Jack is like alluding to how many lovers she's had. And you're just like, shut up. And buddy. it's like, whatever. But, and how many has Jack had? I'm sure he's had a fair few. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't meet his wife in high school or whatever. <laughs> he may have. I don't know. I it doesn't it doesn't really matter but that's the thing like we aren't supposed to care how many right affairs he's had right but the it's number, not even a question nobody right, even exactly she didn't reply with well how many have you had right that doesn't it's not even in the script no but instead she says basically i am who i am because of those experiences yeah and whether or not they worked out you know it doesn't it doesn't matter like this guy saved my Which life. Which circles guy... right back to, it's what you like. Yes. Right. And it's like, she was following her passion. You're the one who's attracted to me here. And that like, is why she is who she is. Yeah. And that is why and he's attracted to her. come on, you like it and yeah. you know it. Right. So stop whining about it. I know. Yeah. I really loved that end. But she throws him quite a bone though when, yeah. I mean, that was smooth. 
Yes. Right there. <laughs> the uh, one as yet unsung hero. Who has saved me over and over again. That was awfully kind, Franny. Hubba hubba. Okay, how many times has he actually saved her? Uh, he picked her up in the Egyptian tomb weird thing. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. Oh, but no, but she just killed... No, see, I think there's like three times that he actually legitimately saved her life. I mean, and I know that that's not exactly what she's saying. My spouse, wonderful as he is, has not ever saved my life. So three is pretty good. Okay, yeah, three is pretty good. Okay. How many times has Eric saved your life? Mm. Six. (laughs) Yeah, we live real fast. No, but I mean, they, you know, they're in uh, very different scenarios than you and I find ourselves in. So, okay, right. Three, even three. That's still that's pretty, that's pretty good. Hot. That's like hot times three. Yeah. So, okay. Plus it's Jack. And she hasn't banged him yet. Yeah. He's as yet unsung. Un- that, unbanged. Think, <laughs> exactly. Unsung. Unbung. <laughs> what is the past participle of bang? <laughs> <laughs> that means something oh, very different. Uh-huh. Oh, I like when she is, when Jack is actually assisting her in breaking into that office. And she says, I'm not breaking anything. I'm merely taking a circuitous route. Oh, I missed that. Up and over. I love it. I missed that entirely. I think I was writing something down and mm. it just flew it's over my head. It's pretty short. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's, it's af- after she gets onto the base with Jack. By pretending he's the fiance, and she oh. pushes his leg down so that he hits the accelerator and the car goes forward. Right. Which I didn't realize for a really long time was. I just thought she was like. I thought laughing. she was just feeling him up. Yeah, I did too. Like just to show the guard, hey, he's it's my like, fiance. oh right, this. The, but she like everything's on the other leg. side of the car in Australia. Yeah, yeah, because she knew he wouldn't like start moving. It's really funny. Um. So our our dude communist friend who turns out to be one of the bad guys who who couldn't see that coming oh yeah Rupert Higgins yes well I already didn't like him because he he's kind of a dead ringer for a relative of mine that I don't like (laughs) so I was like oh also his cuffs on his suit too long Mm. too long couldn't see his shirt cuffs at all and I was like costume department what are you doing how many bullets were in that gun at the end I know how many bullets were in that pistol Aren't there six bullets in the chamber? Isn't that right? I thought so. But I don't know a lot about guns, but... but... There's that one episode where it's eight. Like, you have to know the difference between six or eight because... Oh, maybe, really, like, maybe it was eight. I, I believe eight. But I was like, he's still shooting. How many times is he going to be able to shoot without reloading? I did, like, the North by Northwest reference. The, like, I missed that, too. Dive bombing him oh, with the plane. God, I haven't seen that in years. It's so good. I think I might it. It is very good, but I haven't weekend. seen it in years. But yeah, I kind of love that. I mean, I don't, I don't. It, it's hard. It's hard not to think that that's the reference. That's the only other. Uh, yeah. Dive bombing. I believe that. Kind of. Yeah. Um, also, Jack doing it. He did his own stunts, right? On the yes. on the bike. He does. He's a little rattly though. He's like because <laughs> like he's on grass. It's the it's the camera angle that brings me out of the show. So when they are on the level, the same level as he is riding that bike. Yeah. I'm fine. It's when they go up a little bit and they're oh, like really? looking down at him on the bike. You don't bike. like that? No, because it feels like it just takes me right out of the show. It feels Is it too, spooky, too cinematic? Too, like, cinematic like, cinema verite or whatever. Or what? Is that? Oh, kind of like the, the steady cam yeah. stuff? Or Yeah, I don't. It doesn't fit with the era. And so immediately I'm like, oh, right. He just yeah, stunts, kind of like. He's a biker. Like, I'm thinking about. It's Nate like the, the other time he does his own stunts on the bike when they're in the cloister. Yes. And then the camera is mounted to the handlebars. Yes. I hated that. Yeah. Because it was like, this, is, this isn't the Hurt Locker. Like, what, like, what is this? It, just, it takes me out of that era. It takes me out of the show. And then yeah. I start thinking about Nathan Page and what, you know, his background. And he probably loves his bike. And like, it just takes me out. And so it's true. Like, that's my complaint. My only complaint was the camera angle. That was it. I, I was I was far more critical of the other episode where they did that. I, I wasn't really critical of this, but I, but you're right. I did. I was thinking like, oh, wow. If I did that, I would have fallen off that bike. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. So this is a tangent. I didn't do any historical looking stuff up this time because there just there wasn't anything that really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. I did look up. I did want to make sure that Chainlink was round then. Oh. <laughs> 
chain link. Yeah, I did. It was oh it was invented in the 1840s. So okay, All right. fine. I'll sleep better now. Fine, but I hate chain link. So I, I am sensing this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So there's a bit where so when when they figure out that she was cross dressing. And, and I think it was, I think it was Dot that figured it out. Cause she says, well, maybe she was an aviatrix. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love that word. Yeah. And I, and it made me, I went down this rabbit hole of the suffix tricks Ooh. and it, um, it's fallen way out of favor in the English language because of gender equality stuff and oh, okay, yeah. feminism and, and, but of, of all of the gendered suffixes like actress, mm-hmm. uh, Tricks, I feel like, is a really interesting one mm-hmm. and kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. And it is the suffix that specifically refers to um, feminine nouns of agency. Oh. Which I think is oh a whole gosh. level. I actually looked this up, and that's the definition of it. And so, like, nouns of agency. I I feel like that could be band. huge. That's I know. a band right there. That's <laughs> totally. Now opening for nouns of agency. Nouns of agency. I love it. And I feel like, like, like stewardess and actress uh-huh. rubbed me the wrong way, but right. aviatrix... There's a certain there's some strength. power in that yeah. when you think of agency and what how loaded that word is and right. I it's not meant like the the definition is meant to be boring and not loaded but but yeah. that word agency especially for women I think has a lot of hidden meaning to it and so I I don't know I there's something I, like I don't I'm okay with letting go with all of the rest of the gendered <laughs> nouns but mm-hmm. man I, I I really want to hold on to tricks like a, yes and so I look but there's so many good ones that are just aren't used anymore like can tricks for for a singer oh so any any word that has or like director oh, okay directrix executor exec, executrix dominatrix yes um ancestrix ancestor not, yeah. I know right like yeah I, yeah. Cura- okay. Curatrix. <laughs> awesome. That is. Um, Impostrix. Ooh. Awesome. I mean, this is so These sexy. Are good. Narratrix. <laughs> um, Sculptrix. Hmm. Gladiatrix. <laughs> which is so. Oh, okay. This one's for JoJo. Fornicatrix. <laughs> <laughs> Not that JoJo is one, but she would love that word. Okay, yeah. Um, and like Executrix. It's just Victrix. That's sick. Victrix. Like Victor. Yes. Like how awesome Victrix. is Victrix? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm having a, like I'm wrapping my brain around some of these and some of them are easier. Some of them are really awkward yeah. to say. And there were a whole bunch more that I didn't bother to write down. But basically any any noun that has OR at the end, mm-hmm. you can do the tricks form of it. That is fascinating. Isn't that great? What is it from Latin? What is the Yeah, it is Latin okay. and I, I I read it, but didn't write it down. There is, it, is, it does come from a Latin um, suffix. Hmm. But yeah, it's, I that's don't know. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Nouns of agency. Nouns, feminine nouns of agency. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Huh. Wow, way to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so may, may we all be victrixes one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Dot is wearing, so at the end when she has her kiss and makeup with Hugh at the end, she's, she's deviated slightly from her, her usual brown and peach. She's wearing, I think she's wearing a really lovely outfit. She's got that, uh, it's like a, almost like a celery cream, like cream of celery colored blouse. It's like mm. a very, very pale, creamy green. Mm-hmm. And then she's got this fabric. I don't know if they're buttons or if they're like just embellishments on there. They look like little green ro- rosettes huh. on there, and it's really delicate lace. It's really lovely, and huh. it's nice to see her kind of branching out. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder if that's intentional in some mm. way or interesting. Yeah, I always fail to notice what she's wearing. Oh, poor dot. Poor dot. Yeah. Uh, Franny's outfit at the end. I. Yeah, I, I can want, see you in that. Right, like I black and gold. You. Yes, it's basically like what you're wearing now, only with like a lot more bling. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> that's kind of it. I could totally I see you love in that. That thing that like I don't know what it is. If it's like a 
Is it like a mesh, mesh or a net or a woven somehow gold? It's like sheer, but then the gold is like on it's, top of that. Yeah, and then there's a pattern. There's like a really cool it is pattern. Like, it's almost Art like deco ish pattern, like a grid or scales uh-huh. or something. It's, it's it's but it's sort of Egyptian, sort of Art Deco. Like it's but totally it's very faint, but like. It's there, yeah. And she's just wearing black camisole, black trousers. And she's so like she's so pale that she's like mm-hmm. a knockout in black. Like she, God, she's so good in dark colors. She's just, she always looks good in everything. Yeah, like yeah. a gunny sack, she'd be great. I know she'd look awesome. I yeah. know. Um, yeah, no, I love that outfit so much. I mean, I don't think we ever see that again. She often wears things. For the nightcap scene, just one time. Like slinky. Yeah. But they're but all like, of that piece. They're like, I'm the one who pulls this room together. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like she's part of the decor. Right. And it's often like a black and gold kind of, you know, more, there's more lame, there's more mm-hmm. fur, there's more feathers involved. Like yeah. it's much more sumptuous. Right. It's not day wear. Definitely. Definitely it's, not. And she's like, you're on my turf now, honey. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's slip into something more <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, oh, how do you feel about Tatiana's outfits? They feel so flappery to me that they almost feel like a parody. Really? Maybe it's the yeah, headbands. I, I think the headbands are obnoxious. And I just... You notice that Franny, like never wears a flapper headband. Hmm. She has fascinators that have something that goes around. Yeah, but it's never like a... Yeah, it's not like... The, the, the like, bulk of it is not over her forehead. Yeah, and Which, the, uh, the hippies brought that back, and it was bad then, too. And I just, <laughs> like... So, Tatiana's, isn't it, like, sort of crocheted It's, or like, some sort of lace, like, knitted yeah. or crocheted lace. Okay. Yeah, and it's... And the, the, also, the what's funny is what Franny is wearing is much more exotic in the show. Like, she's wearing more of, like, the Egyptian, like, the peacock colors, the, mm-hmm. the over-dyed silks, which also shows her status because right. over-dyed fabrics are very expensive. And um, But what the average woman would have worn then, the, the prevailing color schemes were much more muted, like creams and mm. mauves and tans, like, more like what Dot's wearing. And I feel like with Tatiana, her outfits... She's wearing that more muted color scheme all the time, and she's wearing this kind of bulky headband. It just frumps her right down, and it's just, yeah. And huh. she's so she's so thin, like she's almost skeletal. She's so thin; it just makes her look very severe. And huh. maybe that's part of that, like because she had this, has this. She lives in fear, and she she was royalty of some sort or some I wouldn't say royalty but yeah in like Russia aristocracy so, or so maybe her dress is to really play the part of being like the proletariat the, yeah the Kotech girl God. You know? I don't know I love how just just like the Romanian commie club there's so <laughs> many like different commie nationality clubs in Australia I guess they, yeah. And Franny just sashays right in there wearing her, like, loudest outfit. Like, look at me. I'm the fancy lady who's going to buy me a drink. Right. Bert, I like that Bert, like, has to introduce her or kind of, like, pave the way like, for this to happen. She's cool. Right. Exactly. She's all right. She's all right. You can trust you her. You can trust her. She's a tough, but she's all right. She's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bert. We get, to, we get to see a little, a little underneath the... Bert's veneer of Just, toughness. Like when she, when Tatiana says, I trust nobody, when you see Bert's face when she says that, mm-hmm. his face just falls. And I'm like, oh, Bert. <laughs> Come here. Oh. He is very heartfelt in this one. And we never see that. No, he's usually gruff. And, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's always like an underlying sort of tenderness or kindness to his gruffness. Well, and you know, like he's loyal as hell. To, yeah. Like he he would obviously take a bullet for Franny and right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, poor bird. Bless him. Oh, bless him. <laughs> the, um, so the club that they go to, it's the same as the one in Victoria Dock, right? Because they go to the communist... It sure looks like it. I don't know. It's got to be the same club. There's only like 14 locations in... <laughs> well, how many communist clubs were there? Apparently a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's the same one. Oh. Oh, can we talk about one one last thing? Sure. Uh, there's a great exchange 
Um, well, there's a couple of there's a couple of great lines that I wrote down. Where one where Franny says, "You two can squabble over demarcation. I'm more interested in the big picture," and I I really mm-hmm. love that. And then when she she later says to the group captain, she says, "Too much ballast for liftoff," yes. and he says, "Yours or his?" And she's like, "Well, probably both." And I just, I love that little exchange. It's a really good way to phrase it. And it actually, it raised his esteem in my eyes because like you can see that like he, he really knows her, mm-hmm. that he's not just like this suave dude who's like, they have real history. They trust each other. Right. It doesn't really matter that they had a relationship or not. Like they actually just really know each other. Mm-hmm. And, and when she kind of gives him the brush off at the end, it was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Too bad. Too bad. And <laughs> Walks away after oh, standing Oh, if, if only we inches. all could be that smooth. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am much more like Marla Hooch from A League of Their Own. <laughs> uh, think, yeah, we're probably all a little further that way than Friday, but you know, we can dream. Yeah. Man. So in many uh, fan fiction stories... Compton helps Jack get to Franny, just FYI. Really? He lives on in fanfiction, and he's, like, loyal to her and sort of grudgingly, I think, to Jack. Huh. I Just letting you know. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of out. I okay. So, but I do have, I do have a, a, a slightly, I was hemming and hawing about what to do for our toast, and I was thinking, like, oh, is it something about, you know, Victrixes and Aviate, <laughs> but... But I, then it hit me. Today is September Friday, September 14th. Yes. Well, Hugh and Dot set the date for Saturday, September 14th, <gasps> 1929. No way. So. It's their anniversary. So I would like to raise a toast oh to Hugh and Dot. Aw. Happy, what? Happy 91st anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay. That is lovely. <laughs> However, they don't actually get married then. Because... Oh, I've, Franny, seen, I've only seen the season once because I've been savoring it. Well, I, I don't actually know the date that they do get married, but I think they bump the whole thing up because Franny's leaving to go to London. Right. Well, so let's say you do that to be like their would-be yeah, okay. would anniversary. I mean... I'll just back up the train. It's still really nice. That was, that was inelegant anyway, but... No, it was great. Okay. So I would like to toast to what would have been... <laughs> Their 91st anniversary. 91st. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Dot and Hugh. To Dot and Hugh. Cheers. Cheers. To many more. Yes. Here's to solving your problems together. Yay. Working it out together, I guess, is more what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to put that at the end after the credits? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yes. What yes. I really meant. Working it out. Yes. <laughs>